This is Clay from Skilled Gentleman Podcast. You're listening to Handgun World Podcast with Bob Main. Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Well, welcome to episode number 494. Guess what? It's January 1st. 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope your holiday season was good. And uh, now we are on to a new year and a new decade. Good stuff. So every year, I like to start off the first episode of every year talking about new guns, new goals, and a new year. And I'm going to throw in some new objectives and then talk about some of the uh, current events going on. And I kind of like to just cover the first of the year with that. So here we go. By the way, this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of terrific holsters. I just got another Concealment Solutions holster uh, in the mail recently. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that coming up a little bit later in the episode if you want a discount on their holsters because you are a listener here at the handgun world podcast just use the coupon code handgun world which is all one word handgun world at checkout and you'll get a 10 percent discount on everything except for the belts over at concealment solutions and i just can't say enough about their great holsters i now own seven of their holsters and I started buying those holsters long before they became a sponsor as well. That's how much I believe in it. So let's get started with uh, my message to kick off the new year of 2020. Well, I probably would not be doing my job if I didn't weigh in by now on the church shooting in Texas where we had a hero here uh, end, end the mass killing with one shot from his handgun. And uh, I, I just want to first of all start start off by saying, you know, once again, I'm saddened. I'm saddened at, at how broken our world is and what kind of people actually exist out there right now. I have always said for a long time, last few years, I believe, I've always said evil does not exist in the holster but it exists in the hearts of men and women. And I didn't make that up. I got that from Paul Carlson at Safety Solutions Academy a few years back. And he said he had he heard it, I guess, from a, from a preacher doing a sermon. And boy, those words are true, are they not? Evil does not exist in the holster like a lot of anti-gunners want you to believe. But it's definitely in the hearts of men and women out there. And we saw it again manifest itself in White Settlement, Texas, at the Church of Christ there. But, you know, i got to say something here. To all of the knuckleheads out there, and I'm talking about the politicians, who have actually come out and said that a good guy with a gun is a myth, uh, what do they have to say now? You know, folks, this is not a, a show about politics. I, I try to keep this podcast as politics-free as I can. So I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care which political party is, is speaking and, and which member, 
which political party that any politician is a member of, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, whatever they are. If they say something like a good guy stopping a bad guy with a gun is a myth, wh- where do they get that from? I mean, that's just... I mean, a, I think a fourth grader could could figure out that they're that they're just full of absolute baloney and they're just trying to to fulfill a political agenda that they have because not only is it not a myth we have actually seen it now play out before our very eyes if you haven't seen the video on that shooting you need to go take a look at it now there are some problems with what happened there but there's a lot more good then there is negative. So let's talk about the good. First of all, Jack Wilson, hats off to you. I would like to buy you one or two beers or Diet Cokes or whatever it is that you are drinking these days. You are an absolute hero. Now, Mr. Wilson also is a very accomplished, from what I understand, a very accomplished firearms instructor and a very good very good shooter. He's definitely got a lot of practice and training under his belt to do what he did and I'm sure that he and his church security team rehearsed that scenario many times. And guess what? It paid off. Now, I'm not making light of the two people that got killed because any loss of life is horrible. I pray for the families. I pray for the victims and the, and the, and the, and the victims' families. It's horrible. Anytime anybody gets killed in one of these, I, you know, they were worshipers there at the church. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's probably a pretty safe bet that uh, that they knew the Lord and uh, they are now with the Lord but I just I'm saddened by the fact that they lost their earthly life because because of a person who is an evil person so I'm not making light of their deaths I am going to say that thank God Mr. Wilson and his, his uh, church security team were there and that Mr. Wilson had the training one shot, ladies and gentlemen, one shot. One shot from his SIG P229 pistol that I believe was chambered in 357 SIG. One shot, and it appears to be about a 12 to 15 yard headshot. Headshot. And that was it. He ended the whole problem right there. So I want to say some things about that. First of all, you know, I have seen a lot of firearms instructors absolutely ridiculed for teaching headshots. I have I have heard and seen firearms instructors adamantly not want to teach taking headshots and they advocate against it. And I have seen other people just ordinary people who are not firearms instructors ridicule and and actually say that firearms instructors teaching the art of taking headshots is wrong and it's not a good thing. So I say to those people, really? You know, what? I want to ask them, what is your stance now? I mean, because if Jack Wilson had not made that perfect headshot at 12 to 15 yards, who knows what else would have happened? The evil guy had a, had a, a short-barreled shotgun and he turned around towards the congregation as if he was going to start killing and executing more people. And a well-placed headshot ended it all. So why not practice headshots? What's so bad about practicing headshots? Come on, I want to hear from you. If you still think 
that headshots are not a good idea in certain situations. Now, I understand that there's times you don't want to take a headshot. I get that. But you got to practice and you got to train to take them because what if you find yourself in a situation that Jack Wilson found himself in? If you listen to his interview, which I'm going to find a link to it on YouTube and put it in the show notes for this this episode, he says in his interview that that's pretty much what he felt was was the only shot that he had. You might find yourself in that situation. I hope not. God, I hope the day never comes where you have to use your gun in self-defense. I don't ever want it to come for me. I don't go looking for trouble. But guess what? Sometimes trouble finds us as it did at this church, as it does in many instances every year for a lot of people. Trouble finds them. You've got to be able to deliver the shot. You know, when Ben and I were teaching our Beyond Concealed Carry Level 1, Level 2, and some of our Pistol Fighting Dynamics classes, you know, we taught, we have a drill where we teach making well-timed headshots. It's a it's a hostage-taker drill, but it's got a lot of very similar techniques that you learn and practice, similar to what, what Jack Wilson had to do inside that church. So I, I think I think this whole incident is further evidence that, number one, you got to pe- be prepared. And being prepared means you got to have your gun, okay? If you don't have your gun, you're not prepared for, for a self-defense or a life-saving situation. Number two, you got to be prepared with the training and the practice. And if you don't feel you could reliably make a headshot at 12 to 15 yards, then I would say change that. Don't just discount it and say, well, headshots are just not going to be necessary. How can you seriously, after an incident like this, how can you seriously say that with a straight face? Practice it. Get good at headshots. So you know what I'm going to do the next time I go to a competition match, when I go to an IDPA match, where I'm shooting like at IDPA targets? I I think as long as it's safe, I think I'm going to try to shoot headshots most of the time. Yeah, it's going to slow me down. It's going to make my times worse, but who cares? I, I, I want the practice. I want the practice shooting in a much smaller area on the target like that. So I make the commitment to you here in this new year. I'm going to be practicing that more because I'll say it's not something that I've practiced enough. I'll go ahead and I'll admit that right now. It's not something that I have practiced enough and I need to practice and train to do it much more often and in a much easier way. And the other thing that impressed me about this is Mr. Wilson, he was willing to he was willing to, willing to take the risk. He was willing to do what was necessary. Um, I did an episode. How many of you heard the episode I did a few years back called Can You Pull the Trigger? I'll go back and listen to some of my older episodes. Not all of them are on iTunes or the, or the podcast uh, apps out there. You got to go to handgunworld.com and you can stream them off my website. And uh, go in the search bar and put in, can you pull the trigger? You know, I did an episode on that. Can you really do it? When the moment of truth comes, can you? Can you really do it? A lot of us like to think think that they can. But um, sometimes when we get under stress, our mind gets a little freaked out. And you have to ask yourself the question, can you pull the trigger? And I dedicated a whole episode to that. So go back and, and check that out. So hats off to Mr. Wilson for doing that. 
So if you haven't watched the video, go watch it. Go to John Correa's Active Self-Protection channel. John did, I think, a, a fabulous breakdown of it. And John points out the negatives of what happened there, too. So you got to go see that. I'm not going to take a look, take away a lot of thunder from John's video because it's, it's very good. But go check it out and uh, put yourself in the situation of Jack Wilson and, and ask yourself what you think that you could do. Even if you carry a small gun with a short sight radius, you can make headshots with it and can you do it? And, you know, if you can't do that, maybe you might want to either consider training more or changing the gun you carry or doing both. Especially if you happen to be on a church security team or any other security team. I think it's uh, very important. So start off at a short distance. You know, if you have to start at three yards, practicing headshots at three yards and then move the target back or move yourself back to five yards and seven yards and 12 yards and 15 yards and keep on going until you can do it reliably, do things like that. And I think that kind of practice and training will also make you better if you have to take other kinds of shots as well. Or even just it'll make you better probably even in your competition shooting if you happen to be a competition shooter. And if you're not, may I strongly suggest that you uh, get involved in some kind of competition shooting. You know, the last match that I shot, which was last Saturday, there were a lot of new shooters. It's really great to see all the new shooters that come to competition matches. And almost every competition club that I've ever been a part of they're very very welcoming to new shooters and they're very welcoming and, and, and willing to take the time to show you what's going on and show you how to be safe show you how to have fun how to learn something and everything so it's well worth the 25 or 30 dollars that you have to pay and the 100 to 120 rounds of ammo that you typically shoot at any competition match go do it it you know th- there definitely are shot timers in a gunfight and you can experience what it's like being under a shot timer when you go to a competition match. And think about that. This incident over at the White Settlement Church of Christ, you know, it was over in like, you know, six seconds. But but even six seconds is a long time. It's a long time. It, it'd be nice if it was over in two or three seconds. There's a lot of reasons why uh, that it took six seconds. But here, I have a question for you. Uh, if you call 911, do you think they can get there in six seconds? Obvious answer to that question, right? So everybody out there who says, well, it would just call 911. What if Jack Wilson would have just called 911 instead of within six seconds reacting and taking a headshot and ending the fight? What if Mr. Wilson would have just called 911? What would have happened last Sunday morning? at that church we can all figure it out so for all you 911 callers out there uh, remember 911 is what you do after you have saved your life your own life or the lives of other innocent peoples people excuse me then you call 911 and and you report and, and you get them on the phone then you don't get them on the phone while the shooter is inside of a church with a short-barreled shotgun shooting people. It's, it's time to act, and it's not time to call 911 at that point. Would you agree? So I had a list of goals that I was going to do here in uh, 2020, but I think one of them 
that I'm going to put to the top of the list is being able to make that that headshot in a shorter space in a shorter time and uh, and not not spread the, the the shots out all over the target so much. And if it takes me, you know, if it takes me six months, nine months, twelve months to get better at that, that's fine. Uh, for for me, 2020 is going to be more the year of training than anything else. Um, I'm going to dedicate this year to training and practice. I'm I'm on the waiting list for the Range Master Tactical Conference because I I procrastinated and I didn't sign up sooner and it's technically sold out. I'm on the waiting list. I hope I can get in there. I really want to go to Tom Givens Range Master Tactical Conference in Dallas in March of this year. Uh, A couple of years back, I had to do the same thing. I had to get on the waiting list and and I got a spot and I hope I get a spot this year. If I don't, I'll be picking some other class to go to and uh, continue to compete. I'm competing now twice a month at least, and it's really helping. It's making a big difference in my in my shooting. It really is. Last year, I didn't do it enough. I'm making a commitment to get out there and at least twice a month go to competition. And that's a lot of moving and shooting, shooting moving targets, shooting different color targets, different types of car- targets, cardboard targets, steel targets, Big ones, small ones, different colors, some that move. Sometimes you got to put your own body on the move. And all that is real good practice. And twice a month, for me, it's raised my ammo costs. I understand that. That's okay. Uh, nine millimeters, fairly cheap right now anyway. i got to order some more. i got to go over to Ben Branham's Modern Self-Protection ammo page and use his Lucky Gunner affiliate. And i got to order some more ammo. I might be doing that pretty quick because I did that a couple months ago and I burned through a lot of it already. And I like to keep a lot of ammo in stock. And while ammo is low priced, I like to keep as much of it in stock as I can afford. I'm on a budget. I'm on a budget. I'm on a Dave Ramsey budget because I'm a big Dave Ramsey believer. But I think I got some money this month in January in the budget to pick up some more ammo. So with that said... Since I'm on the ammo and the guns kind of a topic, so let's talk about a couple uh, couple of new guns I got uh, in December. I picked up a, a Glock Gen 5, Glock 19 Gen 5, but I got the FS version for front serrations. And so it's got the front slide serrations, and the other cool thing about this fifth generation Glock 19 is it has no cutout on the front strap. It has no cutout at the bottom of the grip in the front. That I, I hated that cutout. And um, I got rid of the first Gen 5 G19 because of that stupid cutout. Because when I was shooting, it was tearing up my pinky. It's got sharp edges, and it was tearing up the pinky. And there's absolutely no need for that cutout. None whatsoever. I can put, uh, I can put different base pads on these magazines, like, like Vic, Vickers base pads. And, and I, can, I can rip that magazine out just fine if I have a malfunction. So this new Gen 5... It's actually called the, uh, the G19 Gen 5 FS. Uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect for my hands. It's a Gen 5 Glock, so uh, it's got all the benefits and the advantages of the Gen 5 Glock versus the 3 and the 4 Gens or the 2nd Gens. And, and I really think, actually, the Gen 5 Glocks are probably the, they, they're probably the best ones made, the best Glocks made because of all of the uh, the features you know the no the no finger grooves the perfectly textured grip in my opinion uh, a better trigger in my opinion better than the fourth gen for sure and even a little bit better than the third gen the front slide serrations 
the better the better coating on the on the slide supposedly a better barrel I'm not quite sure if there really is a better barrel or not if it really is that much better but but uh, I at least like the slide finish a whole lot better not that there was a huge problem with the old slide finish but this just looks cooler looks more durable seems like it's going to hold up better so I'll be shooting this uh, Gen 5 G19 a lot in 2020 and the other gun I got finally folks finally I joined the club, I joined the party, I'm a little late, I'm a little late to the party, I understand, but I joined the SIG P365 party. I joined that brotherhood, right, or sisterhood of the SIG P365s, and um, I was never completely against this gun in the first place, it's just that I questioned the reliability of it when it first came out, I guess that was a couple of years ago now, right? And so when it first came out, obviously there everybody pretty much knows there were some issues, some reliability issues with the SIG 365. And I think this is either like the second or third version of the 365 now. So I went ahead and uh, and I took the plunge and I got one. And I'll be giving it a thousand round trigger job as soon as I can. And I'll be giving my new Glock 19 Gen 5 a thousand round trigger job as soon as I can. Both of these... Before they get regularly carried, they're going to get my 1,000-round trigger job. And if you don't know what 1,000-round what trigger job is, uh, go to handgunworld.com and in the search bar, type in 1,000-round trigger job. It'll, po- it'll come up. I think it's like episode 193 or something like that. But you'll find it. And I, I like the, like the P365. You know, I like the fact that it comes out with fantastic sights out of the box. It's a well-built gun with a good trigger, good controls, everything about it, good texturing on the grip, 10-round magazines with the option to put 12-round magazines in it. That reminds me, i got to buy some more magazines because uh, it only comes with two. I really think SIG should put in three, but I want to buy at least two or three more anyway. So I have at least four or five mags for this gun. And I'm going to take this gun to some... Uh, competition matches, and I'm probably going to shoot it in CCP in IDPA, the CCP division, concealed carry pistol. You can only have, you can only start with eight rounds in the magazine in the CCP division anyway, and I'm competing with other guns that are starting with the same amount of rounds, so it's it's a pretty fair competition, I think. Now, because the 365 is a little bit smaller gun, I'm going to have to concentrate more and practice more to make some of the shots. Uh, versus using something like a Glock 19 or an M&P uh, 9mm or a much larger gun. But but I can do it, and I have shot the 365. I've shot a couple of rental guns before, put a significant, amounts of rounds, significant amount of rounds through a P365. So I like it. I like the way it shoots. Um, it's a little harder for me to hold on to than my Glock 43X. It's one of the advantages I think the Glock 43X has. Uh, bigger grip, I think it does make it easier to shoot, easier to hold on to, not much harder to conceal. But I'm going to give this 365 an honest shot, and I'll be talking about it some more this year. So those are my two new guns for this year, and we'll see what the rest of the year holds. But be listening for reviews and uh Success reports and failure reports, because I'm sure there'll be some. There'll be some failures of the guns, probably, and there'll be some failures of me. Which, uh, actually, I find out when I go shooting, uh, I fail more than the guns do. (laughs) 
a lot more. And so you, you'll be hearing about those because, see, folks, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I'm not afraid to admit it either. I don't have, I don't have this, this huge ego, and I don't have a need to, uh, to bend the truth and talk about great successes and never mention failures. If I have failures, I'm going to talk about them. Uh, you know, there were a couple targets in the last competition match where I was supposed to shoot them three times, and I only shot them twice. So I got a penalty because I was supposed to shoot them three times and only shot them twice. And so the third shot that I didn't take counted as a miss. And I think a miss was a three-second penalty. So it cost me. But there you go. See, I admitted it. Uh, as I always say, folks, I'm just a regular guy. I'm not ex-law enforcement or I'm not an ex-military operator. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fancy gunsmith that, that puts out fancy tactical guns or anything like that. I'm just an ordinary dude, just a Yankee with a gun. I say that because I was born in New York City. I was raised in Wisconsin. And by the way, when I was raised in Wisconsin in the 70s and 80s and early 90s, uh, guess what? Wisconsin was not that gun-friendly of a state, not like it is now. Uh, they didn't they didn't have concealed carry. Um, probably, in fact, when was it? Like about six or seven, eight years ago when Wisconsin finally got got with the game here and they allowed uh, shall issue concealed carry. So Wisconsin was really ma- mainly a, a, a hunting gun state where lots of people had shotguns and rifles, but there weren't a lot of people walking around carrying pistols. But now, of course, I live in the great gun-friendly state of Texas. San Antonio, to be exact, the Alamo City. And uh, we like our firearms in Texas. Uh, and if you've been paying attention, Texas has really loosened up a lot of their firearms uh, restrictions. In fact, one of them that's very important, it wasn't too long ago that Texas, the legislature passed and the governor signed into law the ability for people to carry their guns in churches. That was not allowed for a long time in Texas. That was not allowed. So, no, guess what? Sure is a good thing that uh, that, that happened because now uh, Texas churches, in fact, a great example of it being the Church Christ in White Settlement and uh, the one in Sutherland Springs, they are... Um, it's you're allowed to carry, although in Sutherland Springs, unfortunately, didn't seem like a lot of people inside that church were able to stop that threat before that gentleman came from outside the church with his AR-15 to stop the threat. But I, I think now the law is going to result in a lot more lives being saved, especially in Texas, in churches as they were last Sunday. So I'm going to be doing some videos about these two guns, and I'm going to be doing some special audio podcasts. And in 2020, by the way, for all you Shooters Club members, uh, there's going to be a lot more content content coming out in 2020. A lot more videos, a lot more audios, a lot more than we put out in 2019 and 2018. So to all of you who support this show financially by becoming a member of our Shooters Club that Ben Branham and I put out there, you're going to get some huge rewards in 2020, I promise you. And by the way, for only $8 a month or $75 a year, you get over 80 videos and a dozen audio podcasts that are customized for you. They're exclusive content. We don't put it out on any of our public podcasts 
a lot of it is uh, videos. A lot of them are videos from our training classes. Some of them are custom audio podcasts from some of the guests that have been on uh, have been on my show over the years. So I, I really think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, don't let your membership lapse. And for those of you who are not a member, come on, eight dollars a month. I think I think just about anybody, if you really want to, you can fit eight dollars a month in your budget. If you really want to, you, you can fit that in your budget. Not too difficult. You know, I'm ashamed to admit I waste eight dollars a month in a lot of different ways, and I could be putting that eight bucks or even the seventy-five dollars per year. I weigh I waste seventy-five dollars every year easily. Maybe maybe I shouldn't put it to waste so much, and uh, and put it to good use uh, to educate myself. And I firmly believe, as my mentor taught me back when I was in my twenties, you are the greatest asset you have. You're absolutely the greatest asset you have. You can generate a return for yourself far greater than anything else you can invest in. And and we all know that there are good investments out there right now. You've heard me talk about them on this show before. You know, I, I like to invest my money as much as I can, save it and keep debt paid off low or, or paid out completely, paid done paid down completely in, in, in low or zero debt. And there's a, I believe in a lot of, a lot of financial investments too, but I can tell you uh, that whether it's real estate, whether it's stocks, whether it's mutual funds, even paying off debt and stuff, most of those are not going to generate the kind of return you can generate for yourself. Am I saying that joining our Shooters Club is an investment that's going to return money to you? No, but it's an investment that's going to return education, ideas. Tips, tricks, things that you probably have not thought about. And it's going to generate a great investment to help you improve your shooting. Improve your shooting. And, without a doubt, if you have to use it to save your life, which I hope you don't. But I, I hope that if you do, that you never know. It might be something that you learned on the Shooters Club by listening to one of the audios or one of the videos that quite possibly could save your life. So all you got to do is go to ShootersClubMembers.com, ShootersClubMembers.com, or click the Shooters Club link at HandgunWorld.com and get signed up. So let me talk about another goal I have. And by the way, I'd love to hear some of your goals for 2020. Remember, I have a voicemail, 210-646-1797. It's open to anybody that wants to call. And uh, you got to keep your message down to three minutes. But if you want to call, uh, I'll put you on the on the podcast here. If you tell me not to, if you want it to be something that you don't want me to make public, that's fine. Just tell me that, and I won't make it public. But if you don't mind me making it public, I'll play your, I'll play your voicemail, your message on this show, and I'll respond to it as well. Or if you have something you just want to share with the listeners that listen to this show. If you got a good idea or an experience or something, you know, by all means, call in 210-646-1727. So one of my goals is to get this show more interactive with, with the listeners. And that's one thing that I want to do is get more voicemails going, get it more interactive back and forth. I have some other ideas I'll be talking about in the next month or two as I start approaching episode 500. By the way, episode 500, I'm not too far away. 
You guys know I put out two shows a month, the 1st and the 15th. And so episode 500 is probably going to be somewhere around the end, towards the end of March. Somewhere around the 25th of March, I think, is, uh, I'm sorry, the 15th of March, or pretty close to that, is when I'm going to hit the 500th episode. And I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll announce it. You know, recently I was on Lloyd Bailey's Armed Lutheran uh, radio show. I was a guest on there for his 200th episode. And so I invited Lloyd over at Arm Lutheran Radio to be on episode 500. So he's going to be one of my special guests on episode 500. But I would like to get a lot of you who listen on that show as a guest. And primarily in the form of a voicemail. So whatever, if, if the Handgun World podcast has been of benefit to you and it's done something for you over the last almost 500 episodes... Uh, can you tell me about it? Call a voicemail in and just tell me what this show has, mean for you, uh, has meant for you. What has it done for you? How has it helped you? I would like to include you on the 500th episode. Or if you'd like to do a quick interview with me of 5 or 10 minutes in length, my 500th episode is probably going to be you know hour and a half, two hours long because i got a lot of people that I want to fit in on that show, but that's okay. And... Um, you know, I don't like to normally make my podcasts an hour and a half, but once in a while, when there's some kind of a special event, like 500 episodes, and it's taken me a little over 10 years to get to 500 episodes, then that's, you know, I, I don't mind making them a little bit longer. So call into that voicemail if you wish, uh, and try to, if you could pretty much do it before the 1st of March, that would be great, so I have time to edit it and put it all together into a good show and put it out there for you to listen to. Once again, that number is 210-646-1727. Another goal I have is to just simply become a better shooter. And in a couple of different ways. Uh, Take a couple more classes this year because I'm a much bigger believer in training than I am in new hardware. You know, it's interesting. Everybody loves to talk about new guns. I've always thought it's kind of interesting that when I put something on Facebook or Twitter or, or social media about a new gun, have you ever noticed there's a whole bunch of comments about a new gun? But when I put something out there about a training technique, I don't get as many comments. Why is that? Everybody wants to talk about the new schnazzy guns that they have. Uh, but, but they don't want to talk as much about the cool ways to perform with your gun. It's always been kind of a puzzling thing. You can tell. You can tell by the comments. By, you can tell by the number of comments and the type of comments that are, that are made. People seem to be much more interested in talking about barrel length and sights and grip angles and triggers and red dots and things like that instead of how to make headshots or how to effectively shoot on the move or how to perform better reloads or how to clear malfunctions easily or how to shoot tighter groups or trigger control or tactics and mindset. For some reason, those, those subjects don't quite seem to be as popular as new guns and I just wait, just wait. Shot show is going to be happening pretty soon. 
And wow, you, just watch all of the all of the stuff that people are going to be talking about. It's about the new guns on the market that supposedly are going to be make them better shooters. People like to try to buy skill. If you ever noticed that, they want to buy skill. A new gun, a new accessory, a new this and a new that. That's going to buy me the skill that I need to be a Jack Wilson and make the headshot inside of a church. And really it's not. Really the new skills, I mean the new the new hardware is really not going to do that for you. Jack Wilson had a SIG P229 and and I bet it was probably a pretty plain Jane SIG 229. You know, a SIG 229 is a fabulous gun to begin with. But I bet that I bet that he didn't. I bet it was rather. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the latest, schnazziest, coolest gun announced at Shot Show recently, right? So what's more important? What's more important? Think about that, okay? So that that's what I'm going to be dedicating to generating a return on myself, because I really do believe that that you are the greatest asset you have. I'm the greatest asset that I have. So what are your thoughts about that? Once again, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to send me an email, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworld at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube. Search Handgun World on YouTube or search Bob's Bullet Points. I got some videos up there on YouTube that are called Bob's Bullet Points. And I'm not talking about the Shooters Club videos. I'm talking about my public YouTube channel. And the last thing I want to talk about is, it's not the least, it's, but it's the last one I'm going to talk about. One of my goals this year in 2020 is to introduce more people to shooting, to get to introduce more new shooters. I haven't been very good about that lately, last two or three years. Haven't been very good about getting people out there. But that's one of the things that I want to do is get more of the new shooters involved and introduce them, introduce them to the sport and introduce them to what's going on out there and uh, even introduce them to some training and things like that. So if you got some tips on that, I would love to hear about it as well. So the last thing I want to close with is I've got a special guest coming up that's going to be on the January 15th episode. I'll probably be doing the interview with him next week. And um, it's going to be about pistol ground fighting, which is a really interesting subject. And I'm interested to hear about it. Uh, fighting with your pistol when you're on the ground, uh, which you could find yourself in that position as well. So I'll, I'll leave the rest of it uh, just for you to think about. And you'll find out on January 15th when that comes out and who the guest is and exactly what we're going to be talking about and things like that. But I told you a little bit about what it's, what it's going to be uh, about right now. So look for that on uh, on January 15th. Remember to give me an iTunes review. If you use iTunes to, uh, to listen to this podcast, there's a, a great place where you can do reviews or any kind of a podcast app. Most of the time they have the ability to let you review it. And other people check out this show and sometimes they're going through and they're looking for podcasts on shooting and guns and things like that. And when they read the reviews, that normally tells them whether it's something that they want to listen to or not. So I'd love to get yours. So go there and do that if you haven't done that for me already. With all that said, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, first episode of, of 2020, new year, new decade. And I uh, hope to be getting some more of these out real soon. And like I said, 
getting to that 500th episode towards the end of March, I'm, I'm really looking very much forward to that. So there we go. That's it. Let me go ahead and sign off for this episode, folks. Uh, this is Bob Main. You've listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Remember, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you.